Uh, good evening and welcome into another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I'm Glenn Martin here with my ghost James Haskell and of course DK in the back running the show. Uh, the show that is brought to you by BetUS, uh, which we'll certainly talk more about here in a little bit. But we are excited to get into, what is this, day 12, I believe, of, uh-huh. uh, of training camp. A non-padded practice, but let me tell you, it was not... It was certainly not a slow action day out there today. It was uh-uh. beautiful weather. We had an opportunity to be out at camp. Uh, and, of course, you know, the Ravens first class all the way and taking care of the fans. And it was – man, it was a fun day at camp today, wasn't it, Jimbo? Oh, it was. Dude, I, so you guys would have got a crack up. Glenn was on double dad duty today. Um, it, was, it was a good time. Uh, Glenn's son brought his friend with him. And uh, Glenn was riding solo. So I, I turned around and saw Glenn with two snow cones in his hand. He's got like a, a, a football in his armpit and he's got the bucket hat. And I'm just yep. like, man, I'm waiting for a red snow cone to just pour all over. Glenn. <laughs> but uh, luckily they were delivered successfully. It was beautiful weather, a beautiful time. Uh, are those free? Are those complimentary? No, those are three bucks. So it's not yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's not terrible. I mean, that's that's you can't get a bottle of water for three bucks these days. man. Now, water is free. Water. That's right. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's that's yeah, it's great stuff. And it was a great time. Uh, and something really cool that, that we were talking about with DK uh, before the show started is the way that they practice today is the the field three is, is really a field that's usually used for like special team and, and quarterbacks and stuff like that. But almost for the entirety of the practice, both units were down there. There was a lot of, I felt like, uh, in comparison to what at least I've seen in the past, a lot of situational stuff a lot of one-on-ones a lot of seven-on-sevens a lot of red zone a lot of stuff that we all want to see right that we like really enjoy and it was all right there and the cool thing is is that we got a lot of good insight from a lot of media members got a lot of stuff that we'll talk about a lot of uh insider information from former players Mm -hmm. uh to not be named but uh we're excited to talk about it um glenn i I saw you earlier but how you how you doing overall doing good Oh, doing good, man. It was a good day today. I mean, look, I let me just say this, guys. I dapped up the Hmm. Ozzie Newsome today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dapped him up. Told him I was a fan. I mean, that's a good day. I mean, (laughs) Ozzie, the great and powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, so shout to Ozzie. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a good day. What's going on, Tanja? Adam, what's going on, Michael? Appreciate the correct spelling. That's right. Uh, Katie, of course, appreciate you being out here as well. I got I to gotta tell you something, Glenn. I, I think I told you this one. Yeah, I did tell you this today, but I figured it's worth sharing. because It's what I consider to be a hilarious story. All right, and I think DK would get a crowd. You're talking about Ozzie Newsome. I was, I, yeah. uh, Sunday, I was driving home, uh, my wife and our son and I, and we were in Hamden, and we drove past this little pizza shop, Rivaldi's. It's like a little New York-style hole-in-the-wall pizza shop. And they have a little tiny like patio out front with like two picnic tables. And we drive by, and I look over to my right, and I swear to you, I would have lost a bet for all the money in my bank account. It was Eric DaCosta sitting there waiting for his pizza, right? And so I look over, and I'm like – and I, so I, I'm, I, I go through a four-way stop, and I hit a U-turn. I go <laughs> in his parking lot, and my, like, bumper hits the, the incline and the thing, and I go back around. And Tiny's like, what are you doing? She's like, you got to go in there. You got to figure this out. I'm like, yeah, I know. So I pull off to the right. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? Well, I, I got to order some fries. I'm not going to eat right. pizza, so I got to eat some fries, right? So I walk in, and I walk past the guy, and I'm like, dude, it is. It's Eric DaCosta, right? 
But then I realized, I mean, I, I know what his family looks like. There are pictures on social media. I'm like, this isn't his family, though. Dude, That's that could have gotten family. ugly if you saw him stepping outside. I know. I know. So I want to tour the facility. I want to meet every player. I'm snitching. <laughs> That's, <laughs> that's hilarious so I, I walk up i order some fries and the guy's like hey boss you gotta spend five dollars and i'm like okay give me a bottle, give me a bottle of water too and he's like all right 587 so i like ring it away from my fries and i'm waiting out front for my fries and i'm creeping on this guy and i'm looking at him like <laughs> okay he looks a little taller and like a little bigger you know and i look at him and i finally i'm like i come to the determination it's not eric DaCosta. And so finally I said, hey, man, you got to get Eric DaCosta all the time. He's like, now nah, who's Eric DaCosta? Because he had this like southern accent. He's some guy from North Carolina. He's like, we just up here for a lacrosse tournament, my son and my wife. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just acting duty Marine. I'm all over the place. I don't know who Eric DaCosta is. I'm like, okay, well, Eric DaCosta is the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens. I show him a picture mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, my gosh. This Him's is me. And RoboCop. And his wife was like, holy crap. She was shocked. <laughs> you know it, it, but it ended up not being him it was a good story yeah. but uh yeah nonetheless figured it was worth sharing it was a good old time yeah yeah no doubt but it was um i think today was the most beautiful day at raven's camp and let me tell yep. you jimbo i'm gonna get let's get right into it yep um really the only new person not participating and he's not very new to this is pepe williams because yep. he did you know he, he was kind of a late start to camp worked individually then Ramped up, got out there, and now back to not out there anymore. I think he's falling desperately behind in a very competitive cornerback battle right now. Man, it's a shame because I think, you know, everybody likes rooting for Pepe. He's got an infectious personality, great smile. But this guy, man, you got to be on the field, man. He's losing ground on all these other guys. Yeah, that, that is a bummer because, you know, we, we, we will refer to our conversations with a lot of media members throughout the day today because – throughout the show today because we chatted with him pretty much the whole time there. And uh, there are a lot of wild cards, according to our sources, at the cornerback position. It's really up in there. Even uh, one of them said, I don't even think that Rock's really got it locked down at two. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now, as far as being the guy opposite Marlon. So, and he's not, he's, you know, been banged up. Yep. So it's, it's really going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. My point is that Pepe needs to be out there for every rep he can, because like you said, he's, he's falling behind and we wish for nothing but, but the best of them. Some uh, people were predicting he might miss the, the roster. Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, it's a hot take. You know, I've heard I heard that today mm. from someone who knows what they're talking about. So mm. Mm. I don't know if it was the same person, but uh, somebody also mentioned me speaking of defensive backs that uh, our Darius Washington is is mm-hmm. looking like he could be a a guy to make this team like active roster wise. Yeah, um, shout out to him, yeah. man. That'd be so yeah. cool for for yeah. what a story that would be for him. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into, we got so much to talk about, but yeah, let's just get into it because the chat I think yeah. is blowing up. Oh, um, you want to talk about, um, Clowney? Yeah, we got to get yeah, into Jadeveon. It was reported today that Jadeveon was at the Ravens facility for an official visit. This coming on the heels of Justin Houston being signed, uh, by the Carolina Panthers. And that was kind of the, the thought, uh, you know, the, the thought that he was the guy that was going to be coming in to help add some competition, some depth to the room. Obviously, that's not the case. A bit surprised to hear that Clowney's the guy. I mean, only because of the fact that he's never really lived up to the number one overall draft pick. Not that he hasn't had a decent career. He's had a you know pretty solid career. He's not a bad player, but didn't live up to the number one pick in the draft status, certainly not as a pass rusher, but has been paid well because of how what all he brings. A fantastic run defender, 
and has flashes of brilliance as a pass a, a pass rusher. But Jimbo, depending on what it's going to cost, some people don't. Some people say he takes too many plays off. Some mm-hmm. people say, yeah, that the effort just isn't there, play after play. That they wonder, you know, his desire and his love for the game, or if he's just here for a paycheck at this point. But the Ravens are at least kicking the tires to the point where they're having him in. What are your thoughts on the possibility of Jadeveon Clowney joining the Ravens? You know, this is an interesting one for me because um, it's all relative. Like, Justin Houston is an absolute specialist, right? I think towards the end of the season, remember we were talking about this? He was playing something like 27% of the defensive snaps and still nine and a half sacks. I yep. mean, right? His snacks came in bunches. But yeah, he knows what – he'll break you down uh, in, in the right situation. So – and he got I, – I would consider at this stage in his career he got a little bit of a bag. Six million yeah. guaranteed oh. for one year, seven million. You know, that's a, that's a bag for Justin, especially compared to what he was getting paid the last two years. He was getting when, a minimum. Right, when a lot of people thought he was out the league. Yep. You know, so shout out to him for working himself back in and getting that paycheck. But really, the reason I'm bringing that up is because it's got to be relative, right? So if you look at Houston's deal, even though they're different guys, different ages, Clowney's more of a three-down guy they play the same position. So one contract will affect, you know, all that contract will affect the other. Mm-hmm. So for me, it comes down to the numbers. I don't know what the appetite is, you know, for clowny league wide. So what does he garner? I don't think he gets Justin Houston money. Do you? No, I mean, I mean, I guess it's hard to tell, right? Because people are always enamored by the, what if, Yep. right? Like, can we be the, the it's ceiling? Like, yeah, it's like the guy. It's like the 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 person that's always like to the to the toxic partner. Oh, but I can fix him. Yeah, right. Like exactly. Oh, I can fix him. Yeah. Oh, you found him that way or her that way. They yeah. won't be that way. You know what I mean? So so ultimately, like, could this be the pairing that quote unquote not that he needs fixing, but like unlocks him? Well, you know? we've seen the Ravens culture do that in the past, and and my thing with Clowney is. The difference to, between the two is, is you mentioned. I mean, at this point, Houston is a specialist. He's a he's a pass rusher, which is what we need. It's not like that's not something we need. But I think what makes a, a, tra- a Clowney attractive is that you know he can do both. You know, he, he's a fantastic elite run defender still, uh, and he has those flashes. So I, I I just wonder what the money's like, and then. It just at times, yeah, he doesn't scream like he plays like a raven. You know, we 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 want you to play like your like your hair's on fire, and it just seems like plays. Uh, there are times where where he kind of loafs a little bit. So I'll be interested to see if they bring him in and what type of money it is. Are you excited I, about him though? Like I would be excited if if they make it incentive laden or where it's not a lot of guarantees involved, where he's going to have to play to get paid. Because I think if you get a, a the right level of motivation behind a Javion Clowney. He's got it from a physical standpoint. Like he's just he's a freak of nature. So yeah. Yeah, I'd be excited if the contract was correct. Yeah, I like I like that, T.O. He says Connie plays like a Texan. <laughs> That's good. He don't play like a Raven, man. He plays like a Texan. Damn. Yeah. Uh the Texans who have like zero tradition and zero. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um yeah. Well, yeah. look, I, I mean, this is the other thing, too. So another source mentioned us today that. He's not too confident in these in this pairing, these outside guys, because he just doesn't know if they can do it on tape. And like, not nothing, not that camp hasn't been great for these guys, but just don't know what you're gonna get, right? And so, and what happens if one of them gets hurt? So ultimately, the Ravens have to do something. 
And if he's the best guy on the market, like what about Van Noy? Van Noy, you see, Van Noy is attractive because he's the Bowser replacement. He's the guy that can drop in coverage. He can play inside linebacker and outside. He, but while also getting at least five sacks in five straight years, so he's just the more versatile guy. Would you be in favor of Van? If you paid them the same money, who would you rather have? I think I'd rather have Van Noy just because really? of, of be, the smarts the, and like well, the also the rap that was around Bowser and the limp that that man had showing up day one to camp didn't look like that was something he's going to walk off in a couple days. Yeah. So I, I just Good love point. Van Noy's versatility. I don't know if there's a better guy I'd rather have dropping into coverage in that Bowser role. It's not going to be, you're certainly not going to drop Clowney ever. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just like the versatility and let's not forget five straight years with at least five sacks. That's not like, you know, it's not like you're not getting anything from a pass rush. standpoint. Yeah. And he's certainly been more available at, you know, from an injury standpoint. So that's a tough one. It would be hard for me to say to no, no to Clowney though. Like if that were the yeah. two and the money was the same, I mean, you just see him walk in and you're like, okay. I know freakish. So it makes a lot and it's of a monster run defender, like yeah. insane. Yeah. So that's a tough one, but I, I think ultimately what we know is the Ravens are going to bring in a guy who's Van Noy. Great. If it's, um, if it's Clowney. All right. But mm-hmm. I think I'm okay with both. As long as the money's right. I don't want that to be like a cop-out answer. But I'll say opposite to you, my preference, and this is crazy because I've clowned Clowney, but yeah. I'm 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 siding with Clowney. Okay. I want I think I, I think I want I just want a dog in there that can get get home, man. I just want to see somebody get home. Man. I mean, sure, certainly if it's like playoff time, high leverage, I'd I'd love to know that that ceiling of Clowney is is yeah, sitting, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Just to know that at, at any point that ceiling could come out. And he right, could just but, rip rip a tackle out of his way exactly. and destroy Pat Mahomes. Right. But also, but too, like Van Noy is such an experienced, intelligent football player. Mm-hmm. Right. He's been in all the big moments. No you doubt. Know? And so that's also enticing as well. But I think I'll roll with Clowney on this one. Um, and we'll see what happens. But Glenn, I, I want to switch gears real quick to something that I thought was really interesting that I think is being understated. Unless I'm missing something. Today, there, there's technically two fullbacks, right? I'm going to call them fullbacks. Ben Mason and and uh, and uh, Patrick Ricard, right, that are on our roster. Mm-hmm. But today, they were practicing at the same time in two different position groups. Uh, Patrick Ricard was practicing with the offensive linemen. The offensive exclusively. Line, exclusively the offensive linemen. Not catching no passes, no tight end route no nothing nothing at all and and uh, and Ben Mason was wafting in the wind catching passes and whatever he does over there uh, but I thought that that was really interesting I thought it was I mean really interesting to me so like what it, so and let me add to that real quick and then I'll get your thought uh, one of the media members as well said look. Patrick Ricard is a football player because that's a tough transition. People make it easy. You look mm-hmm. at his size, you make it seem easy. You just look at his size, athleticism, but technique is a lot. But if one guy can do it, people seem really confident that it can be Pat. What's your take on when, you know, what was your immediate reaction when you saw that? So surprised, Jimbo. Like, absolutely stunned. I mean, he worked only with the third team offensive line at guard. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and the thing that baffles me is that the Ravens right now don't have a blocking tight end on the roster. And t- when Pat was out as he recovered from the hip, because people got to remember, Pat just got back to practice. He wasn't even practicing 
until I think yesterday or, or, or very recently. And all the reports are they're trying to find someone who can block at the tight end position. We saw Ben Mason lined up at the end of an offensive line. None of those guys can block a defensive lineman. None of those guys can block a talented outside linebacker. They just can't do it. They're not, they haven't been asked. Isaiah likely can't do it. Mark Andrews can only do to a some degree some what they call like shielding. Like he gets mm-hmm. in the and he's just so big that he he slow you down enough to where you might not be able to impact the play, but you're not getting a textbook block out of Mark Andrews, nor are they going to ask him to put his head and helmet in the trenches and risk that from Mark Andrews. So they seemingly have a giant need at blocking tight end. So either, and, and the thing that's weird is like, Pat hasn't been, pra- it's not like Pat's been like, all right, we know we got Pat who can do that. Let's see what he can do over here. He hasn't even learned the offense. He hasn't taken right. reps at tight end. He hasn't done anything at tight end. And they and the first thing they do is they go, let's see what you look with the 13 guard. Like, like I, I don't understand. It kind of worries me for Pat's job because it makes mm-hmm. me wonder, like, why are they, like it, it's like they're they're trying to say what can this guy how can this guy help us like it, that's what it's looking like and I find it very hard to believe that even though Pat Ricard is slightly larger at least when you look at their height and weight than a guy like Tyler Linderbaum I find it hard to believe a guy who hasn't played any offensive line in his entire life is going to transition to offensive line in what his fifth year like yeah. It just seems it seems incredibly unlikely that he'll have success, even though I believe he's one of the very special athletes in the league. Yeah, it's almost like, dude, you got a better shot at making this roster defensively on the interior, you know, if than than potentially offense on the interior, just because he's, that's he's what he came that. in the league as, right? <laughs> you know, and he's actually like it, it, the tape is sparse, right? But you can go back and find some moments where Pat jumped off the screen as a defensive interior you know, guy, but um, yep. obviously none at, at, at the offensive line. So going to be, yeah, that's true. I didn't really think of that, that point, but um, you're just trying to extract any value you can out of him. Right. But like you said, does that mean that is he like, Hey, I'll do anything. I need, I need, I need a job, right? Like I need, I don't want to be off the team. Right. Or is this the Ravens saying, Hey man, like, we think that you can do this and we believe in you type thing. You know, I mean, look, there's just not many guys in the world that could block a D tackle. And then in the same play, run down 30 yards and block the safety on the same right. play. Right. So that's why like, that's, that's got to be of enough value. Yeah. Like that's why, mm-hmm. that's why they're like, man, we got to find a way to keep this guy and make him valuable. Cause he's just such a great athlete and he is so incredibly versatile, but I just, man, I'm like, man, to ask this guy to do this, this is a lot to ask. You're going to go take a guy who started in the league as D-tackle, transition him to fullback where he becomes a pro bowler, and then go, now we're going to ask you to be offensive line, something you've never done in your life. It's it's a lot, but, hey, if anyone can do it, it's Project Pat. Yeah, and, and the last thing I'll say on this, DK asks the question, what does this say about the backup guards? I mean, I'll tell you this, speaking of backup guards, not a single media member today had any confidence in our backup guards. No. Like, Sala and McCary are it. Mm-hmm. Ben, ben Cleveland, Cleveland. I heard trash. I heard garbage. I'd rather heard, have Pat McCard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These are things that I heard. I, two people that I talked to said he literally cannot move left or right. And another person said he has no power. Like his power doesn't translate to the pushing the people in front of him. And then the third mm-hmm. person said he can't get a hold of anyone. 
And by the way, just so you guys know, this was a, a, a training camp where the offensive line did individual stuff so close to us. He is so huge. Like, oh, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I could have reached it's out comical. and grabbed Ben Cleveland. He is gigantic. It makes no sense that he couldn't. And and Falele, remember that drill where they had to get up under that bars? He had to pivot in. He couldn't fit. No. And these are a structure built for offensive linemen. Well, if you guys know what this is, it's similar to like sprinters when they're practicing short distance sprinting. They have to stay – so you stay low. You stay, like, in this cage as you go up. It's very similar. But, mm-hmm. like Glenn said, they're made for massive humans. And it was hilarious because Falele had to stick <laughs> one side of his body in at a time and then the other side. He couldn't just, like, scro- scooch in. It, no. It, ridiculous. Yeah, he is huge. He is huge. But, yeah, Ben Cleveland at that size to not be able to – I mean, I think I think DK brings up a good point. I think it's not it's not a good sign that they're going. Man, we need depth at, at guard. Let's see what what Ricard has. Like, yeah, that's not a glowing. You know, I I think John Simpson has experience, but outside of outside of the experience, I don't think they really like him. So yeah, it's you like, know what? yeah, you know what they should do? This is really far out. If Salah becomes the starter. And he beats out all the guys. This should only count for rookies. If he beats out all the guys in front of him, yeah, whatever the highest drafted guy in front of him that he beats out, he should get his paycheck. That's right. Give me that paycheck. Six-round like, pick. So. Yeah. Beating out a third-rounder? Yeah, give me a third-rounder's paycheck, bro. Like, yep. you know what I mean? I mean, but look, people talked about that as well. I mean, if you want to take a second and talk about Salah, I thought it was really cool. People talked about his preparedness, how he picked up the offense super quick. And the one thing that I heard – that was really cool was that they started him out as like, you know, the third, the third guard and he looked great. Second unit looked great. First unit looked great. Now, obviously we've got to see what he does, pre-season. you know, in, in like preseason. And that obviously is going to be a big, big indicator, but that, I mean, that's just exciting to hear that we could have a piece that shoot, we can, we can have him on a real nice contract for the next five, you know, four years. No doubt. I mean, this right? is a steal. This guy, you're talking about big. This is a big dude. Oh, this yeah. dude is huge, and I love the the way he's attacking this like a pro at such a young age. Yeah, I mean, th- the guys were raving about him. I mean, th- this guy has been nothing short of a steal and, you know, just a, a notch on the belt of Joe D, the offensive line coach for the Ravens, who apparently were, was beaten on the table for this guy. Uh, he, he definitely – man, he picked a good one because this guy I think is going to be a, a steal in the sixth round. He's going to be a day-one starter here, no doubt. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. It's just, yeah, another, like you said, another steal for the Baltimore Ravens. So mm-hmm. um, all, the, the other thing the other thing of note, uh, Linderbaum had mysterious rap on his left hand today. Like almost left the arm. Enti- yeah, it was almost the entire, right. It was the, almost the entire arm, which was a bit odd. And no one knew what was going on there. I but mean, full participant, though, in everything. Full participant. Yep. Yeah, dude's a farmer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, yeah. He's rapping, you don't get days off. And. Sign my son's football. So shout yeah. to Tyler. Right, exactly. You know I mean? so, so huge. But uh, hopefully he's all right. Maybe just some general soreness. Uh, maybe Saturday, maybe a defensive lineman's got long nails. And Saturday and scratch Could have gotten scratched. Yeah, you never you know. know. Yeah. Something like that. He's like, dude, I'm sick of it. Um, <laughs> but it's good, to, it's good to see that, um, you know, there still hasn't, uh, like, been – any of those injuries that start to mess with the cohesion of the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like to see that everybody's been out there. Ronnie looks good, looks strong, looks athletic. Mm-hmm. 
happy, um, excited. But Jimbo, let's get into the exciting part because right, I know you had some notes in the middle of your notebook uh, yeah. about about one one OBJ who <laughs> it's got to be. I mean, I think there's two matchups to me that have been the most fun, and I don't think it's and I think it's these two, and then it's a big drop off. And yeah. I will say, OBJ versus Marlon Humphrey has been an absolute blast to watch. I love the fact that they're going right at each other. Marlon's not backing down. OBJ obviously isn't either. And right on the heels, nipping at it, is Mark Andrews versus Kyle Hamilton. We got a heavy dose of both of those matchups today. And, man, the stars were shining bright today, weren't they, Jimbo? Oh, they were for sure. And all the little kids were, OBJ, OBJ. But I'll tell you what is really funny about those two scenarios they remind me of a big brother, little brother. Well, Mark and Kyle, because Kyle ran over. Were you next to me when when Mark caught one in the end zone? Yeah, in the end zone, the corner. And of the end then zone. Kyle ran out of the like yep. out of the out field of and was angry, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Mark is definitely the older brother in this scenario, and is it, Kyle does not like the physicality that Mark plays with. Just doesn't like it. Not that he's like we've seen Kyle lay the wood, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, really play physical. But the hand play there with with uh, you know the, Kyle gets in there, dude. I, I remember Mark asking for a flag uh, last week on a couple yeah. of them. They've been going back and forth. Oh, yeah. and that's been really funny to watch. But it was funny to see him very much like a little brother. Like, come on, man! Like, just being a bit physically You're bigger than me. Yeah, being dominated a bit physically, right? So yep. that was cool. But a lot of fun. What I want to talk about, just like you said with OBJ, is I wrote a note here: OBJ crazy catch. And then by the end of practice, I wrote times three. Mm-hmm. He had three. He had one over on the far side in the red zone. This is what's so exciting. This guy could get double digit touchdowns this year just because he's disgusting in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So good. I mean, the dude's hands are glue. His footwork is amazing. Uh, so we were chatting it up with a former player who played the same position for the Baltimore Ravens at one time. And, uh, he was talking about OBJ and said he practices this catch. So he, he caught it like behind him over the, the, the DB's head. Like he jumped up, you know, spun, like did one of these over the dude's head, brought it down and got both feet in. This is in the very back corner of the end zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just incredible, right? So there was that one. And then uh, another one, it was like on a 10 yard out or so, maybe a seven yard out, something like that. It was probably a 10 yard out. Lamar, you know, bulleted it to him. But once again, tightrope in the sideline looked like vintage Derek Mason, man. You remember Derek Mason oh, used yeah. to work the sideline? Looked very much like that, and the, the, the <laughs> defender was right on him. And then the last one, you're talking about Marlin and, and OBJ, man. I, I mean, I don't know what that last one was. Maybe 40, 50 yards? Yeah, just a streak route looked like. Yeah, and uh, once again, his hands are just insane. The ball goes in, and he comes down with it. Just and just the ability is. to make adjustments, like yeah, the nuances of the receiver. Like I love how he, in uh, because you get you get that much time to make decisions on what you're going to do when the ball's in the air, right? Yeah. But I love the way he deceives the corner, but also makes the perfect adjustment to put himself in position to make the catch. That's not something that everybody can do. It's like, well, every receiver can catch. Well, yeah, everybody can. St- every receiver can stand in front of the jugs machine and just and catch bullets right to him. But not every receiver can adjust to the ball in the air. Certainly DBs can't. That's why they're DBs and not receivers. But also the ability to deceive the the DB with your body language and then make late action to get to the mm-hmm. ball, like mm-hmm. late hands to get to the ball. He'll fake a back shoulder and turn it into a, a, a you know an over the shoulder. I mean, he's 
he's just next level, man. I mean, I just love that he's not just here for you know the production he's going to provide, but all the tutelage and all the the, the wisdom he's going to give to all the young guys like Zay Flowers, who, by the way, you know, I stood next to Zay today. I got to where I could reach out and grab him with nobody. He is, he's no Hollywood. This dude yeah. is good. This dude. His legs, like you know, a lot of people work on the upper body and let the legs kind of suffer. Yeah, not the case for Zay. I mean, this dude is well put together. But I think OBJ is gonna is gonna only make Zay better. He's only gonna help guys like Tylen Wallace, Prochet. He's gonna elevate the the play of everyone in the room. Yeah, speaking of Prochet, had some nice catches today. How'd that feel to say? Training camp king. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I tell you what, man, it's a bummer because he looks ripped. And he looks strong, and he looks fast. Like, the first time I've ever said, James Prochet looks fast. He usually looks slow as molasses going uphill in the middle of winter. Like, yeah, I tell you, he's a hell of a good uh, – he's good to the fans, man. He's really He's cool great the to the fans. Yeah. But, look, for the sake of him, I hope something happens. But, you know, once again, we got it on good, on good information that if the Ravens keep six, you know, at least one guy in particular likes, likes Tylen Wallace to be the sixth. And – Mentioned Tariq Black. And Tariq breath. Black yep. looks like a real pro. So the same, you know, the same source also saw, said that if Tariq Black doesn't make the team, he's 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 not going to make it to the practice squad. Right. You know, he's going to be somewhere else. He looks like an NFL player, and he's mm-hmm. big. Keeps making plays, strong. man. Yeah. Yep. That was exciting. The the other thing I want to mention here. Oh, I wrote pro. I wrote pro as in Prochet showing out. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had he forced me to write the note. Uh, Tylen Wallace also had a nice catch. Uh, I did notice, I mentioned this, Lamar got stepped on, but he came back, but he did get stepped on, and, and the people subsequently booed the uh, ref for not calling it dead sooner. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, but the other guy I want to talk about is my man, number 21, Brandon Stevens. Didn't have a perfect practice, but yeah. I saw two nice PBUs, and one was, was excellent, and uh, – He's a dog, man. I can't say it enough. I, I really like Brandon, and and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, man. Yeah, man. I, I I'm happy for him because I I I like you, man. I like the guys that play with a little dog in them, and yeah, I love the fearlessness he plays with, physicality, the you know the short memory. But I just I wonder, can he? Because look, anybody opposite Marlon is going to get a heavy dose in in a passing situations because they're just not going to throw to Marlon. So if he can – because they always say you can't teach a guy to all of a sudden be able to find the ball in the air. So that's my only worries is that can he continue to develop to find the ball when the ball's in the air so he doesn't get into those issues where he's grabbing and grasping Uh, because that's my only concern in game day is finding that ball, man. Got to be able to find the ball when it's in the air or teams are just going to continually pick on you. Um, Because Marlon, while he might not get his hands on a ton to get a lot of picks, he's the type that – once, as the balls get into the hands of the receiver, his hand is, is is coming in there to knock it away. He just does it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I like uh, I like what he's been doing. Armor Davis been doing his thing. I hope he continues to stay healthy because they yeah. need to develop depth in this in this uh, cornerback room, quality and depth. I mean, it can't be. You know, I mean, they need somebody to step up to play that two role. It's going to be really interesting. I'm a bit nervous about it. Yeah, I think uh, there's. I think the Ravens front office is a bit nervous about the cornerback position, especially when you look at the AFC, the quarterbacks, the weapons, it's a lot out there. So, um, yeah, yeah, it can get, but also I want to ask you, 
What are you uh what are you thinking about your guy Gus before we talk a Dude, little bit more I, JK? Yeah, so I got some shiny notes on Gus as well because look, every single year, every single year, Gus adds something to his game. You know what Gus did this year? He went dark, he went into the lab, yep, and he came out knowing how to run routes mm -hmm. and catch that dang football. Dude can catch the pigskin. He had a night, he had, I mean, he had a ton of scenarios where he's just catching passes against air, but with relative live bullets, considering there's no pads, had a real nice catch that was high and away, full extension, you know, something that a receiver generally would do, not just like a in the bread basket short. It was like an eight, 10 yard pass, high and away, full speed, going across his body. That's not as easy as people make it look. Nope. Uh, especially, you know, it's, it's, it's being launched out of, you know, Lamar Jackson's hands is probably flying at a good speed. So, man, he's exciting. It was funny today. I don't know if you caught this one. You might have been on snow cone duty. I think you were. Uh, but um, I was chatting with with a media member and a former player. It was through there. And, of course, I was making my – we were talking JK, and I was making my case for my boy Gus. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And uh, at, at the exact same moment, they're practicing a run play. Gus breaks through the middle, gets to the DBs. DB steps in front of me. All you hear was <clears throat> one of those, right, where Gus just instinctively like, we well, him kind of yeah. 70%. <clears throat> puts his shoulder down and, and even – even the media member was like, see, see what happens. And I'm yep. like, he has one mission in life. Take his helmet and hit the goalpost with it. Like, Dude, it, it, and the thing, exciting part about Gus is imagine him as a pass catcher, because we always think about Gus and the way he can move piles and the way he never goes for negative yards. Cause he's just so big and so strong. Well, now let's imagine him as a pass catcher where the guys tackling him are now going to be corners and safeties and not yeah. D linemen and linebackers. Space. Like a light box. Yeah, he can wear on a D. He can wear on your front seven. Imagine right. what he's doing to wear on your back end of your defense. Right. I, I, man, I think if he if he can really show that, look, I can be counted on to be more than just your bruiser. I can be. Mm -hmm. I can catch the ball. Uh, then then it can. Man, it's it's gonna make uh, it's gonna make it tough for DBs to have to deal with him. Yeah, but also catching the ball well in the backfield. Justice Hill, but all, Justice Hill is called. Caught a few touchdowns out of the backfield. Yep. I think he's played well. He's getting, obviously, he gets run with the first team because he's a talented pass protector when it comes to blocking for the quarterback. So I think he's definitely going to have a role. But I keep seeing Keaton Mitchell. This guy's been used yeah, yeah. As a, a lot as a return guy. He, again, was catching passes out of the backfield, running the ball well. Some people think he might not make it to the practice squad if, the, if, if he continues to play this well. And, of course, it plays well in the preseason. But all this is just really getting around to the point of, once again, we were asked today, or John yep. was asked today, what's going on with J.K. Dobbins? And same old answer. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But he's losing valuable time, and mm -hmm. he's definitely losing raw, like spots on this depth chart, Jimbo. Yeah. it's And so one of the things I want to talk about, J.K., I'm, I'm also going to circle back to Gus because I'm not done talking about it yet. But I do want to talk about J.K., uh, shout out to my nephews in here. What's up, Alex? Um, but uh, I also want to say one of our questions, Glenn, if you remember, we were like, well, is he going rogue against the agent? Is he getting advice from the agent? Because players ultimately act as them, you know, all an agent can do is counsel you, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. we got it on good authority that this is what his agent is counseling him to do. And the former player we're hanging with was like, who's his agent? He needs a new one. He needs a new one. Like, no yep. way around it. This is just absolute insanity at this point because, like, you're not you're not Josh Jacobs. 
You aren't the Saquon Barkley. Saquon, the entirety of the, this offense, yep. right? You're simply not. And and so JK is in in a one way position. I mean, all he can do is go out there and play and ball out. And um, both player and media member both said to us, if he would have come to John and communicated and said, John, I want to ramp up really slow and get going three weeks into camp. And they I don't want to play in a preseason it. game. He oh, said, they weren't going to play him in preseason either. Right. He said, young John would not have accepted that. This okay. John would absolutely do that. The, the John Harville that is today would have been like, all right, let's come up with a plan. You know? Yep. So, I mean, it, it's just a real well, look, look what Melvin Gordon situation. said. Melvin Gordon was asked about this. Melvin Gordon, who's currently on the Ravens, asked yeah. about the running back market, said, this is his quote, we just got to go out and play. At the yeah. end of the day, the talking and the this and the that is not going to get anything done. We have to yeah. shine in the brightest moments. That was yep. his quote. I just don't get what he thinks he's accomplishing. Like, you're not learning the offense. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he's in all the meetings. They they say he's in the meetings, but you're not repping. Yeah. If you're not out there getting reps, you're not going to get any clock. You're just not going to yeah. get... So it's just, I think he's crushing his, his, uh, not only that, I mean, not only is he, is he not impressing, he's not on the field, but he's also showing that he will hold out and GMs are watching. So there's not, a, I'm sure a ton of GMs that are signing up to sign a player who will demonstrate hold out, hold in, whatever you want to call it potential. Yeah. Eh, who's signing up for that Jimbo? Yeah. The only for, the only former front office member that you and I know that that's here in local media just said it's quote stupid. Yeah. Look, from the horse's mouth. You know what I mean? So really quickly, I want to take a quick break and talk to you about BetUS. Mm -hmm. Of course, our sponsor for the show. Some really cool things about BetUS. Every week, they're giving us some new you know, promotional stuff that they're doing for the upcoming season. And something that Glenn pointed out pre-show that I think is really cool is a lot of the stuff they're doing right now is season-long bets. Yep. Um, so you know, you guys can see on the, on the screen here, I think this is a really cool concept. Last undefeated team. Now, these are the four teams, I think, with the with the – with you know, I I as far as I understand it, obviously every team has odds. Unless I'm completely. Oh wrong. yeah, these are just the best. These the are best odds. These right? are the, like actually, the you would probably get likely. like yeah the yeah exactly return. the most likely least return yeah. exactly. So you pick a team like the Ravens, you're getting a whole lot more right. return. And don't pick the Bengals because they're losing week two. Exactly, Joey B ain't going to be there for all training camp. He'll be right. rusty. The Ravens, you know, are starting off two and zero because they're going to yeah. absolutely destroy the Texans. And then the Bengals are going to come in with a Joey Burrow who's a little rusty. Right. And I think that's going to hurt them. So, yeah, look, this season-long bets, I think, are are the sleeper good picks that people mm -hmm. don't like to do because it's not the immediate payout. You're not getting payment, you know, the next day or the next week. You're going to have to wait a, a, a couple weeks and or a few months. But, man, you can get some steals on these preseason bets. Yeah, and the cool thing is do both, right? Because do this. Lay some eggs in this basket and then go out here and, and, uh, and do, you can do some in like in-game live stuff, pre-game stuff. There's prop bets. The, I, I haven't personally seen a diverse betting pool is what I'll call it. Like mm. diversity in ways to bet, um, and things to bet on as I have with bet us. So, and then yep. on top of that, right? Like you can put in up to $2,500 and they'll match plus some. So they'll give you 125 back of what you put in up to $2,500. Most of them only $500 and hundred percent. So go get some free money, have some fun, use the link that's in the description. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, if you're on Twitter, I just tweeted the link. Uh, so go check it out. 
But uh, yeah, man, BetUS is the place to be. We'll we'll be placing some some bets this year and having some fun with it. Um, I think maybe as a show we'll put some 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 shekels on the Ravens being the last undefeated team uh, and see how that turns no out for us. Um, but it. yeah, make sure to 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 hop on the bandwagon while the getting's good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, my, now, my now, as well. well. That's right. Now, Glenn, I really before we kind of cha- change gears, I want to talk about Gustus for a couple a uh, couple more. Yeah, minutes. please do. Because one of the things that's important to remember that I reminded the folks we were chatting with today is that Gus is also in a contract year. Yep. He's just as hungry as JK to get new money. Right. So, so ultimately that's a really, that's something that's really important. So he's not giving up. Uh, he's not giving up that ball easy. The other thing too, is I will credit this show right here for 10 sports. I'll being the first ones to say Gus Edwards, RB one coming out the gate this year. We said mm-hmm. it before the Melvin Gordon signing. As soon as JK started sitting out, I think that's something we said. And the last thing I'll say is that uh, I was validated today, Glenn. I said to to relatively respected opinions and former players that I think that Gus Edwards is just as good, if not better. I said better than Najee Harris. I think he's better. Efficiency-wise, if he had the same targets and opportunities, dude would just be better. And you know what? I didn't get left off the stage. No, no. I mean, look, Najee's got the name. But since they've been in the league, it's hard to argue against what you just said. I mean, yeah, opportunity-wise, Najee's had far more. But he's always going to at this point. Look right? at every other number. Right. I mean, look at you. Look at what they do with their opportunity. Gus Edwards is uh, is certainly an underrated player, and he'll continue to be underrated. You'll never, you're not going to see Gus Edwards drafted. I don't think in many fantasy drafts this upcoming season, but you will see Najee drafted in all of them. So yeah. Yeah, it is a difference. Um, but uh, I, I might take, I might have to grab me some Gus Edwards in my fantasy draft. I, I know what they got in this guy, but I, I also wanted to quickly mention I heard um, the interview a couple days ago with Chuck Smith, the new, you know, pass rush guru that they brought in to work with the guys in the front seven. And I thought, I thought it was interesting because he talked about, like, he, he talked about getting here and he, he said, typically when you get places, a lot of times you have to, you have to wait until the talent is drafted. Like you're involved in the process of picking guys, drafting them, and then developing them. He said, we already got two guys here. Like he was raving about two guys, the Dafe being the leader and the Jabo being behind him. And I, I got his excitement about these guys got me thinking, they don't sign Justin Houston. I mean, everything I'm hearing is that always having a fantastic camp. John Harbaugh raved about him in his last presser, says he's having – unbelievable camp chuck smith same thing talking about these two guys they're going to be special what if jimbo these two guys end up being what everyone's thinking that they could be what if these two guys turn into those dueling pass rushers that are racing to get to the to the yeah the rasheed mathis um the do do remember doom and Suggs, man yeah doom and Suggs, like they were here what if they turn out to be that i mean how good could this defense be if they end up being what they could be yeah, I mean, incredible. This is, I don't know any other more articulate way to put this, but we've talked about this. This is one of the areas that Glenn, have I, Glenn and I have, have identified as the high range, like high difference, high, a bit, this, there's a wide spectrum of contribution that this mm-hmm. unit could give us, right? Like these guys can fall flat on their faces and be paper champs, right? And look good coming off the bus, or they can both potentially have eight, nine, 10 sacks. Now, yep. one of the things that uh, made me cool on a Jabo, not a Dafe, a Jabo was that 
said media member also said, look, Ajabo really, he just doesn't have a lot of reps. I mean, if you look, he didn't, you know, in college, he had the one breakout, right? He had the year. And then last year he had what? One, two games. Yeah. And now we're expecting him to carry the lot and come yeah. up with nine, 10 double digit sacks. Not very many young guys have done that in this league. Yeah. So, you know, let's tamper expectations a little bit. Suggs um, did it. Yeah. Right. And look, they said that they said that a job. some people still believe that job is better than, Dang it. Who's his counterpart? Aiden. What's his Hutchinson. Name? Hutchinson. Yeah. Some people believe that he's, he was the better one. And a lot of people, I mean, I, I think not a lot of people, it was a, it was common knowledge that he was going to be a first rounder, probably oh, yeah. a top 15 pick before the injury. Mm-hmm. Right. So with all that in mind, it's not like that. It's not like the, the community of football experts didn't believe that he could be that guy. Right. So we just got to hope he is, but um yeah, man, I'm interested to see what the heck these guys can do. I, I'll be interested to see how much run they get in preseason too. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think there's going to be some surprises in preseason because somebody's got to play. So there's yeah, yeah, going to yeah. be guy. There's going to be a handful of guys that people are going to be on Twitter. Fans are going to be pissed. They're going to say, "I don't want this guy. He's right. trash." You know, I I I, I don't know. I, I think eventually you're going to have to play guys, and if they get hurt then he's going to look, he's going to get bashed. And if they don't, then, you know, everything will be fine. But that's all what it comes down to is somebody's got to play. Uh, and, you know, it, it might end up being one of your favorite players. It could just be. Yeah. Uh, but also I wanted to, I wanted to touch on Mark Andrews today. Kyle Hamilton got a lot of hype because he had some good practice days, specifically the day where the offense was faced with a ton of third and long situations, had the offense throwing quite a few interceptions. I think Lamar was notched for four picks. In one, in, in one practice session, which is quite unheard of for a starting quarterback. But again, they were faced in, in third and long situations in a situation where any offense would likely fail. And so they were, they were fighting uphill. But today, when it was more so red zone and some other situational stuff, Mark Andrews was getting the best of Kyle Hamilton. But I think that iron and sharp and iron between those two guys, I, I've been hearing people say that Kyle Hamilton – looks like the best player on the defense at times. And if he can turn out to be that good, like that elite, remember people are saying he might've been the best guy in his draft before all that stuff tried to knock him down as, you know, as a slower 40 time and like best football player in the draft was Kyle Hamilton. That's the type of talk he was getting. What if this guy can become one of the best safeties in the league, Jimbo, this secondary that yeah has some question marks at, at corner could be, I mean, tops in the league, Jimbo. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a huge way to kind of compensate and, and minimize the question marks, just like you said, at corner. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Some people get worried because, oh, you're getting beat by an all-pro tight end? Yeah. You're fighting, too. Like, I mean, right. he's been in there scratching, crawl, clawing, and fighting and, and winning some of these. And, and like you said, looking really good. He definitely took the offseason. Somebody said it. Hamilton looks big AF. Big AF relative to his build. He doesn't right. look big AF. But he, he looks huge and that he's so tall as a safety. Yeah, he's a basketball build, but he's, right. he's, you know what I mean? But he's really starting to add some weight. And so, yeah, he looks massive. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this kid making, making a huge jump this coming year. I'm not really that concerned about it. I think there'll still be some pains, some growing pains, but, uh, mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I, and I'll tell you what, I know we're talking a lot about offense today, but I got to mention this. I think that, so I, I asked a few people um, because it was something I was hearing for those that have been out for every practice that they possibly be out there for. This was the offense's best showing today thus far. Mm-hmm. And it sure looked that way. I mean, it yeah. absolutely looked that way today. Jimbo, are you using your headphone mic, by the way? Because when you went like this, you got oh, really loud. I think this whole time, this whole time, you've been are using you your headphone me? mic. Oh man, that's all right. You still sound good, dude. How's huh? that? Yeah, oh, so different, so different. I appreciate that, dude. I have a, a a random like coda, like my dog's hair. I can see it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it's in my sight. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It off my face. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I can see it. Like off my face. <laughs> Gotta love dogs, you know? They remind you uh, all the time that you have them by the hair that you bring with you everywhere. Don C says, off topic, but the Orioles are are leaders in the American League and Angelos pulls this stuff with Kevin Brown? Thank God for Bashadi. Yeah, I mean, we talked about today, in fact, with everyone because it was just a topic, you know, you couldn't escape. If you guys haven't seen it, Kevin Brown, who's the play-by-play announcer for the Baltimore Orioles, one of the most talented young uh, guys in the business. You know, after, you know, not everyone's blessed to have a a talented voice in the booth. You know what I mean? And they got Kevin Brown. And what appears to be, Kevin Brown made a statement about the, the Orioles' lack of success for a few years running in Tampa Bay when taking on the Rays and just mentioned that this season they've won more games in Tampa than they had previous seasons combined. And it appears that that meaningless, obvious statement was taken the wrong way by the ownership here, uh, uh, John Angelos, and he was suspended for those comments. And obviously, this this story has grown legs. It's gone. It's everywhere. It's viral. Angelos is getting absolutely destroyed, rightfully so. He literally just said that the, the Orioles had struggled in a place and are doing much better there against a very good team and got suspended. It's the most ridiculous thing. Don C is 100% right. And yeah, way to go, uh, Angelos, for taking the attention away from the fact that the O's are chasing down the Braves for the best record in the entire league, Jimbo. They're game and a half back for the best record in the league. And this idiot of an owner, who, by the way, has done absolutely nothing, uh, is now taking away Kevin Brown, who who I wouldn't even blame if he left the Oh, he's gone. He's and gone. We're going to end up with someone who's far worse than what we had in Kevin. Yeah, yeah. No, he's gone. Why? Why hang around? Yeah. Working for ownership like this. Bashadi, please. I know. Bye. Please. Just somebody, somebody friendly. Buy the damn Orioles and get this guy yeah. out of here. Yeah, I, yeah, freaking Angelos. Ugh. Anyway, Ball. same people that. Defended large corporations when people got hurt and gave them as you know help them settle for as little as money as possible. That's awesome, yeah, baby. Oh, uh, anyway, I won't go there. We got a good um, one with Bashadi. Yeah, we got a good one, man. He was out there today in full form, uh, golf cart and all. I, I saw him out there chatting up with the players. Um, all right, let's. Oh yeah, there you go, Kevin Plank. Buy the O's, man. Do it. Yes, do it, please. Do it, do it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. By the O's and by the Ravens when Bashadi decides yeah. to hang it up. You know, yeah. get them both. I'll I'll be interested. That's what I was gonna say, DK. Yeah, I don't know if he's got the dollars for both of them. I don't no. know if he's got the dollars for the Ravens by themselves. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe not. Under Armour ain't doing hey, that you get good. Partners. Look, look, look what they did with Magic Johnson. You get partners. Yeah, you get partners for sure. You know, you get Magic partners. Like two shares. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he does. You know, you get a couple celebrities in there. Right. No, but you're right. I mean, do it as a group. Yeah. But he can yeah. probably step at that. Dude, that's how much of a gangster Steve Bashotti is. He just walked in by himself. Just with his checkbook. That's it. Just here. Let me write Walk the check. In. How many zeros? How many? I'm going to count them. Yeah. Let me must make sure I got nice. this right. Yeah, must be nice. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. This, has been a, this has been a good one. Last thing I got to ask you, Jimbo. Preseason coming up. Is it Saturday against the Eagles? I Crazy. believe it is. Crazy. 23-game preseason win streak still exists. Mean anything to you at all? No. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it means only that the Ravens have depth and are good coaches. But – I, I just want to see the guys that I want to see produce and, and, and show out. And I want to get some clarity on the position battles more than I care about the scoreboard. And I want everyone to be healthy. Gosh, dang it. That's right. Do you yeah. believe that winning is a culture or it, it starts in the preseason? Something that is uh, like, you know, how they right, say right, right. this like team just doesn't how to win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that no. used to be a thing when, okay. when starters would play in preseason. But like now, yeah. your 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 second best player at that position isn't even playing in preseason anymore. Right. You know, so it's just a different league now. I understand your point, but but I but I will. I think we can all agree here. When you're watching, you want them to win, right? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, you want yeah. them to win for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's been a blast tonight, man. Make sure you guys check yeah. out Bet US. Absolutely. Use the link in the description. It's an easy way to support Glenn and I and DK mm -hmm. and what we do. We want to keep the lights on. We love doing this. And so it's a way for you to make some money and support us. Uh, so we appreciate all of it. Use the link uh, and, and make yourself some money. Gamble mm -hmm. responsibly, of course, as Glenn will always say. Yep. Um, don't gamble the house. Don't gamble the food. Don't gamble the kids, the kids' clothes. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Just the fun money. The fun money. Have fun with it. But uh, that's it for us tonight, folks. Have a great evening, and we'll see you back here on Thursday. Yep. See you.